so the first time I did this, I've only done one other interview. Oh shit. What the fuck? The battery? Battery's in the low. Okay, let's try this one more time. So. Do you need any more light or are you good? No, I'm good. Um, make sure everything's set up. Alright, so. Yeah. What's happening, man? How are you doing? Are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Got a new haircut. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> you too? The no, new haircut is he didn't get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting this afternoon, actually. Okay. All right. Sorry. You want me to do your own? Yeah. It's up to you. You can yeah, just read. You can listen. You can read. You sure? Yeah. It's up. Okay. Do you? It's up to you. You can take photos. Yeah. Wow. You said no so fast. I didn't even think I heard it. I heard it where I was waiting for your answer, and I was just like, oh, he said no. But it's just really fast. So I'm like listening as I'm talking, and so it's kind of cool. You get to hear the background noise, but I didn't do this last time. The last time I was just kind of put it down and started talking. Okay. Yeah. Do you normally keep the microphones pointed in? Um, let's see. Because uh, right now they're doing this, uh-huh. which I guess is kind of where we are. Yeah. Like normally you would like... Oh, they don't go any other direction? They have to. Because isn't this uh Oh, they're just, they're static like that. Got it. Oh, well. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was dusty. <laughs> let me stop fucking with your shit. <laughs> let me let you do your thing. Okay. This is kind of cool. All right, so I'm going to take this out. I'm just going to wing this from here on. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, didn't, I haven't done an interview in like a year and a half. And I really like doing it. And... Stuff came up, I planned it, people flaked, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to start doing an interview, and I'm going to just, like, interview you. And so, I didn't want to push it off another week, because it was like, this is kind of rainy, there's always an excuse, so I was like, let's just do this. Okay. Alright. So, my first question to you. Uh, Tell me about someone who you think isn't creative, but does not think that they are creative. If you're going to look at he has to get out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm maybe not looking at my boyfriend who's sitting right next to me. <laughs> okay. And by maybe not, definitely am. <laughs> okay. I guess just from immediate point of thought, like I would say uh, I would nominate Matthew a little bit. All right. He wishes he weren't sitting here now. Yeah. You can, you can leave and come back if you need to. I'm not here. Okay. <laughs> um, why doesn't he think he's creative? Um, I think it's a element of sort of having in your head an idea of what a creative is and having that be such a, putting that on a pedestal and evaluating your own skill sets and finding dissatisfaction with, you know, maybe some of your output and feeling like it doesn't match up to that idea of creative on the pedestal. Huh. Like a mismatch of evaluation. Okay. To that, I guess, what do you think a creative is? For me, I think if you have the impulse to bring an idea into existence, into matter, into a form, um, then you are a creative. If you feel like that is, if it's 
part of instinctual creative impulse of, of, of manifesting. It's an impulse of manifesting and if it takes an, um, a product of planning, intuition, inventiveness, that's what I think a creative hmm. is. Okay. All right. We're going to come back to that in a second. Okay. Now we're going to jump to the introduction. So <laughs> the, this podcast is a basically, I started this maybe a year and a half ago in like 2016. It's basically a podcast about trying to figure out what creativity is and how people bring it to being. So again, what's the process? And so do people, is it a process of like looking at the world and comparing like, all right, I know that the iPhone is a really good example, but a cup. So there are like five billion ways of looking at a cup. So you can look at all different cups in the world and say, okay, this cup does it, this one slightly leans to the right, this one's like round, like whatever like whatever the function is, and kind of comparing it, trying to come up with the best idea of a cup by comparison and like tweaking it. Is it something that um, people just kind of come up with in their mind, they kind of just wake up one morning and they're just creative and they just know, like, it just, it's almost magic. Is it a combination of the two? Like, what is like the process in which people are creative, and like, what does that look like? And so that's this is the point of the of the podcast. You are Erica. I was looking at your last name. It's Elishma. That's my middle name, Elishama. Elishama. Mm -hmm. Okay, what is Erica Elishama? What is your last name? Eudoxia. Eudoxia. Okay. We know each other through. We took Krav Maga together maybe eight years ago. I want to say almost ten. Maybe maybe that even nine. Sure. Maybe nine. Maybe nine. Mine. Maybe nine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, give me your. Give me what you consider is your creative background. Oh, um. So first, I would have to like be on the same page with you about what creativity is, right? Or at least give you my definition of it so that when I'm speaking about it, you know my perspective. Right? Okay. So for me, creativity is not just art form. It's also a thinking process. So like I consider Einstein to be one of the greatest creative minds because of his ability to abstract and visualize mathematical problems from physics in a way that no one had done before. So I consider that creativity. The same thing with um, Isaac Newton. Um, so I feel like creativity is first an element of mental process. Um, then there's a translation that happens between that mental process and I would say application. Um, and I think that can be across a myriad of industries. And um, so if we're talking specifically art form, which is, or maybe not, so that's in literature, in painting, in, in sculpture, in dance, in theater, in acting, you know, um, those are probably what traditionally get sort of imbued with the title of creative, right? Um, but for me, it's really just being able to think or looked at a subject matter in a way that's very unique um, and is based on kind of intuition and being able to communicate that to other people. is That's the other aspect of it, right? So there seems to be a, a sense of like output that's necessary, like a work output that's necessary to 
complete the creative process. Like you, you could be inventor, you can yeah, you know, have yeah. a very active imagination, yeah. but if some of that doesn't get translated to in a form that other people can also observe. So the manifestation of right. the... So, and, okay. and so that's kind of like when we're talking about the subject matter, that's how I'm approaching it. So my creative history, I would say, started very young and it started with music. Um, even as a kid, I, I, I don't remember singing um, in, in a way that just wasn't natural, instinctive, and, um, but I, what I noticed more was other people's reaction to that action. So I would sing and then people would like smile at you as if you're like four or five years old and you're singing and people would like ask you to sing another song or, and it was that positive reinforcement of like what I did naturally as a child was and that other children did. We all sat in like rooms and like, you know, be taught a song and we'd sing the song. But I just remembered at really young being asked to be in like, you know, school recitals and playing like and singing like the lead role for like a seven year old, you know, so and, and that kind of response from other people, I guess, was an indication that I did something in a way that pleased people. That's an OK. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. To that, how much is creativity part of your identity? Because it would seem like, from what you just said, that if creativity to you from an early memory is you getting validation from people, mm-hmm. how hard is it for you to be creative? And like sometimes you, you don't, you're creative. People are like, nope, I, that's we're not down with that. So how hard is it for you to be creative in a way in which it's not validating from people, in which you're like maybe isolating, or you're kind of like breaking rules and people aren't. Well, I think for me. The validation was more of the um, of an aspect of something I did naturally had an effect on people. Okay. So I didn't find it. It's almost the reverse. I didn't find that validation was necessary to be creative. It was that creativity was my natural state, and there were circumstances under which people s- sought that out. Okay. And and actually, people's validation was the most surprising part of my experience with creativity because I never understood why people would um, think it special, something that I just produced out of my sheer nature. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like older in my life where I would like sing or play a song and people would say like, you should do this like as a profession or you should do this and I'm just like, it just didn't really occur to me that I could perform on that level. Um, that it would be work, something that like breathing, like drinking water, would can tra- tra- translate to a, like a profession or, or a means by which you like make a living. So I, it took me a long time to kind of connect those two things. It's like if someone paid you to breathe, you know. So it's like, huh? <sighs> okay. I don't know if that answered that. No, question. like no. <laughs> I, there, there was more of a kind of like. Uh, your job and how to like what are you doing musically and blah 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 there's that was more kind of along the lines of what I was going to but actually your answer is more interesting but interesting in a way that doesn't necessarily help out with like here's how you set up a podcast and this is the person this is the background and so yeah um but you know what we'll kind of swing with it we'll come back to that in a second um I guess to that do you think do you think everyone's creative or do you think it's a unique thing 
So with my definition of creativity, I think it'd be pretty impossible to live your life without some measure of creative thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can put that into practice. And I find my work emails to be extremely creative, <laughs> you know, just because I actually, you know, we spend time composing means of communications with other people based on our information that we have about them, their their status or um, what the goal of your communication is. Is it to persuade? Is it to admonish? Is it to um, encourage, you know, faster results? Um, and I find that to be, you know, salespeople are extremely creative, okay. you know, so it's like, I think if you are interacting with other human beings, it's likely that you are being creative at some point or the other. Because in order to engage other people, whether it's in conversation, um, whether it's in uh, dressing up for a date, whether it's, you know, like, I think there's some measure of having to um, present um, a form in a way that's engaging and appealing for others. Huh. Okay, so. So in that broader sense, I think everybody no. is creative. No, and I guess when, so I know of you as a singer, a writer, I think you do some drawing, um, this is kind of like a typical creative, mm-hmm. um, and with work, you're doing creative, like just like in your day-to-day life. You've just been doing, you're being creative. Do you feel like the way you tap into that creative creativity is different in those different parts of your life? It's like, so for instance, like when you're cooking, you're being creative in a certain way. Right, exactly. But when you're writing music, you're being creative in a certain, different, different, in a certain way. Right. But is it all, do you tap into that creativity the same way or do does it come from different places for you? Um, oh, interesting question. Yeah, um, I've never... While I'm cooking, I definitely feel a spark of, say, inspiration, right? Um, and then there's some instinctual parts, like you could follow a recipe, or you could follow follow the instructions to build uh, a house, or like you could, you know, follow the instructions for, you know, making a sculpture. But there's a there's like that's that blueprint, right? But the creativity you put on that process is oh, instead of that, I'm going to use this. And instead of, you know, you know, sort of simmering this way, I think I'm going to, like, fry it a little longer because it's just your taste. Yeah. So it's a... And I would say... Huh. Writing... So it's like, okay, so... Yeah, I think it, the answer is I access... I approach those processes differently, definitely. Okay. Whereas... With food, cooking, it has so much to do with all other parts of your senses, the way the food looks, because that's number one, right? Because you can tell when something's done by visual cues, and you can smell when the potatoes are ready, you know? It's kind of like there's all these audio senses, and you can taste and be like, okay, this is, you know, so that there's, I use way more of my senses. I can hear the sizzle, like when, you know, the pot's boiling over. it's almost all the senses. Um, with music, it's a very mental process. It's 100% mental. 
and even the music that I hear is inside my head. I don't like sit down on a guitar and start kind of messing around with some notes or on a piano. Like I hear music in my head first and then I try to translate that in a form that I can communicate to my band members or to myself. That's interesting. I would have intuitively, had I had before you said that, I would have figured it was the opposite. Where, because um, so my next question is, is creativity more cerebral or intuitive to you? Um, and it sounds like it's both, but I'm, I would have thought with music, it was kind of like you kind of just find the, the flow of the music and you kind of just go with it. Whereas it sounds like to me, you're saying, well, you're saying it's a very much, you're, you have a tune, you're playing out this tune, and then it's very much like mathematical or, huh. Yeah, it's a very interesting, I think every musician has just completely different, yeah. unique processes. Mine has tended to be where I hear a hook or a, a you know, a repeating tune, a short little amount, but it's enough of an idea that, it, and it's almost like it assaults me on a day-to-day basis. Like, pieces of a tune just keep bothering me. And it's not voluntary. It's completely involuntary. It's it's like I have to, and you know, I have this impulse where I need to record it. I'll forget it, so I'll like take my phone out and I'll like hum the the some of the tune, and then maybe a few days later, another piece of it sort of comes into my my consciousness, and I like so I have. It's more like puzzle work, where, and I tried to describe this to my bandmates when it's like I feel like this song exists in its entirety, in the future. And I'm getting echoes of it in the past, and I have to just piece it together. It's almost like it's traveled through space and time, and only bits and pieces of the song are, are, are you know, accessible, and I have to kind of fill in the blanks. Huh. So that's kind of been my process. That's interesting. So it almost sounds like you're... <laughs> Look, I'm going to super hippie with this. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the universe provides a song and you are the thing in which you're like, like, you're like the voice of the universe in some way. But it's just like in reverse. It's like you're kind of like tapping into like the future, future version of your, yourself right. and like manifesting to yourself so you can yeah. like produce what your future version is going to do. Yeah, I've already written the song Okay. in the future. And it's my job in the present to figure out um, what it sounded like. Okay. What, what will it will sound like you know it's kind of like oh, like oh and then basically I don't write the lyrics until I have enough puzzle pieces of the song to understand a feeling of the theme okay. like is it a sad song is it a happy song is it you know a love song is it an angry song and that I, I infer feeling into it based on what the pieces are and then I write to that feeling Huh. Okay. So I never have a subject ahead of time. I just let the song tell me what it's about. Um, I'm trying to stay focused. I'm just <laughs> I'm sifting through stuff. Okay. Um, um, okay. So that's a diff. So that's one type of creativity. So oh, I know what I want you to go through. So when you're listening to the sounds, do they come from like music, like hooks and music? You kind of just hear like a hook. You hear like the bird singing, a wind chime, like the wood hitting each other. Is it that? Is it that like 
broad to the to like what's going on in the world, or is it, does it specifically normally come from like I kind of heard this tune on from this song and I kind of it resonated with me. So where is it? Where is like where is like your where are the tools that you're drawing from? Um, I for a long time I tried you know this the kind of music you expose yourself to when you're a kid, a teenager, and you grow up and you love, and I think all of that always stays with you. Um, I tend not to. And then there's stuff that in the present you get really enamored with for a short amount of time and you like hyper obsess over like a particular band's album or um, but the songs that come to me um, uh, they could be influenced by those things but are not generally specifically a direct tune and it's definitely not sounds from nature um, it's like very specific like rock music like huh. like it's very specific to the genre that I play in. Has that changed? Because like, you were like definitely not, not sound major. It was like it's definitely. So like has that, does that shift or has it always been type the what the music or the sounds or the, the things you pull from? It's a, definitely like it's a type of music that is whatever resonating with me at whatever point in my life or has it always been the same type of music or does that shift? It shifts a little bit. Like right now I have a piece of tune that keeps coming to me that is influenced a little bit by um, something I've already written that I'm working with my band on, but it's like an abstract that became its own um, identity and it wants to have its own full, you know, or, you know, com composed piece. Um, and it's unlike anything I've written before. But it just, I think it wants to exist, so it's, I have to, I feel more like the scribe and this thing is like, the muse and it's like, write me. Okay. <laughs> and, and it won't leave me alone until like, I address it, so. Okay. Alright, so, we got into music quickly, mm -hmm. but to just back it up okay. like a, for a little bit. Alright, so, if you feel like creativity comes from everywhere, you can manifest creativity in everything. Um, for instance, you're saying you write emails at work. Um, does that come from the similar place? Does that come from a more similar place to like the way you are creative with cooking, the way you're creative with music? Where does that type of creativity come from for you? Um, it definitely is a different muscle. It's a different aspect of creativity. It's the ability to assess people and to like. Um, understand what your goals are for the, that communication and to use both of that information to basically create a desired like okay. chain of events so if I'm trying to get you, you say you're one of my vendors that I work with and I'm trying to get you to send us um, material that we need um, you know maybe it's delayed and I need it on time you know as soon as possible like Obviously, I'll use all of, like, I'll evaluate the information and and my understanding of who you are as a person to get that desired result and hopefully continue to maintain a good relationship with the vendor. So, like, um, basically, like, at work, I'll be the person that a couple of my coworkers will ask to read over their emails the way they've written it. So again, there's that little bit of validation that like, oh, I might be good at something. Um, just because someone would be like, hey, should I word it like this? And I'm like, oh, basically maybe you wanna add a call to action at the end so they're very clear about what you want them to do 
by the time they've read this email or like breaking up these two paragraphs because it's just very dense information um you know so like it's it's more of like the ability to package information in a way that would be receptive to the recipient there's i think that's i think there's an element of creativity in that that's writing right? it, there's an element of empathy to it as well it's like you're just understanding how to interact with the person that you're writing this email to it's just yeah. like this is if i say this they're going to take this this way like knowing your relationship with this person or just some people in general yeah or so it's just if i say it this way they're going to be aggressive if i say it this way they're going to be receptive and so there's a certain amount of like empathy and understanding just kind of how people interact right empathy and and specifically not sympathy like i don't consider myself a very emotional person or a very um coddling or i, I tend to have um, while I have a lot of patience, I don't tend to, like... Suffer fools easily. Like, or you just, like, you know, I... I basically... There's a limit to which I'm willing to... Um, I don't know, like... Um, what's the word exactly? To, to really accept the wasting of my time <laughs> if that makes sense like i can tell when something's a lost cause or it's not i can tell when the person has shut themselves off to information and i will wait until they're in a receiving moment okay. like like being able to, to like tell when it's it's communication is not going to work in this particular moment let's find another angle um because some people just want to vent right and so there's just while someone is venting, there's just very little information you can get through that channel, and sometimes you just have to let them purge. Yeah, you know. I was like, now that we're done with this, yeah, <laughs> and just let them let them purge, and then um, and and wait for a moment to which they're like now ready to like maybe receive someone else's perspective on the situation. But is that more intellectual or more intuitive or? A little of both, or you don't. I mean, it's the it's the same kind of creativity that it takes to be a mediator. It's the same kind of creativity it takes to be, um, you know, say a pop a politician who really has to deal with constituencies that want different things. You know, okay. um, it's it's you know, and I think that's what I'm saying. Like creativity can really exist in any yeah. industry. I'm 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 curious to you. This is kind of what I'm getting at. Do you feel like, so, if you feel like everyone has some type of creativity, do you feel like it's just a skill set that you can kind of like, all right, I can use this creativity in mediating, but I'll pick this skill set over here and drop it into cooking. And if I spend enough time with cooking, I'll understand, if you use that similar skill set, that creative skill set, you can become a decent chef. If you understand where that skill set is coming from, you can pick that up and move that over to music or move it over to martial arts it's just like a skill set of just understanding how people and the tools may be different but the skill set's the same or do you think they're just different skill sets i think they're different skill sets okay i think it'd be really tough to take your mediator skills and apply them to cooking unless you're like really trying to get like the onions not to like fuck with your like other pieces of vegetables like you know it's it's more of like um I'm trying to think of a, an example in which there's aspects of mediation that apply to other for sure um, in every interact business interaction or you know uh, just maybe what you cook 
might be dependent on the people having the meal like you know someone's allergic to something or someone really hates that kind of food or you know so it's like that might affect how you prepare something you know someone really hates eggs prepared in a particular way maybe you won't prepare that for them you know that's that's an aspect of mediation so you know whereas um in the same sense like if you're doing that for you know music it's i play my mediator skills in interaction with my bandmates when we are debating how we're going to compose a particular piece of song like definitely okay. <laughs> yeah so it's like you know my bass player might come up with an idea and I'm not totally feeling it but we always have a, a rule that we try it out just to hear it and we work together it's collaborative you know it in collaboration is definitely those skills are needed but not I'd say there's an array of skill sets that would belong to the the process of creativity, and you borrow all the tools you need in the given situation. Okay, because I okay, so shifting a little bit. So creativity in isolation versus creativity in collaboration. So either because I know with one of your band members, you write a little bit with him, or you work out how to like work with the band with him. And so there's that type of collaboration with like producing something, but also when you're, maybe this happens more with jazz than with the kind of music that you do. Cause so you guys seem like you have like a set and you have a song and you're playing it a certain way. But like when you, like when you're creating a collabor collaboration with someone as opposed to creative and isolation, um, how is that different for you? Or is it the same thing? As far as, like coming with a final product and win it. Uh, okay. Actually, that's a kind of a complicated, complicated way of putting that. Um, easier way if, to put this. Like, what do you prefer? Oh, um, well, it depends on um, what the final goal is, right? So if my final goal is to write a piece of music, um, often I won't need any collaboration to do that. If my final goal is to perform on stage um, a piece that requires, you know, more than you know two instrumental elements, then collaboration definitely is required. Um, so, so in that sense, do you feel like when? Because sometimes, me personally, sometimes I like to talk to people because people just sometimes will give you things that just don't occur to you. It's just like, oh, that never occurred to me. So if you have a tune in your head, you're like, all right, it's kind of kind of working out this tune. Someone's like, how about you try it with this this drum beat? And you're like, oh, that didn't occur to me, but that works. Or do you prefer, it's like, nope, I'm trying to build this thing out of my head. And you adding stuff is not helping. It's actually distracting or kind of like, like not helping me find the right flow. Well, I would say... I'm goal oriented. Uh -huh. So if my goal is to get others perspective, I will open up my ideas to people. If my goal is just to transcribe what I hear in my head, then other people's it's not is, it's not <laughs> really they don't know what's in my head. So gotcha. it's you know, it's it's I can't ask you like, hey, what's that drum beat I'm thinking of? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So so I, I think it's definitely based on the goal of the activity okay. is how I approach collaboration or not. Um, 
So, backing up to where we, kind of where we started. So, I know you from Krav Maga, which is an Israeli martial arts that we took together. And I know that before that, you took Muay Thai. Um, I, my guess, Bruce Lee, the way he talks about martial arts, is a very creative, kind of like fluidic way. Kind of like there is no, I'm there, I do, I punch you. Do, it's, it's kind of like you're just finding the rhythm of it, the flow of it. Um, I'm not sure when the last time you did martial arts. I think it's been a while. Um, when you did that, how did how did creativity play out play out for you, or were, did that just come from like a is that just an exercise physical way, and you're not actually looking to find creativity. You're just looking to like learn this skill set the way they're telling you. You're like you're learning a recipe and you're following the recipe. For martial arts in general, or exercising, yeah, just more um, physical stuff as opposed to yeah, physical yeah. creativity. Um, I would say I'm my most physical creative on the dance floor. So that would be probably, I think, my most creative physical moment. Okay. Right? In martial arts, um, I always liked, I, I always think back to this, like, I guess now old film, but it was, like, I think in the 90s, uh, The One with Jet Li. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Basically, he's he's fighting himself. Yeah. And it was one of the first times where I'm like, there are very two distinct fighting styles that he approaches for each of his two characters. Um, one that has very straightforward um, attack movements, and his other character is uh, a lot of circular movements. And that was the first time, like, being that it's the same actor, uh -huh. very clearly displayed, like, two very distinct fighting approaches oh. and presumably I mean it's just one Jet Li <laughs> and he has the breadth of his entire um, you know training knowledge and made an active choice a creative choice to display the personalities and the antagonists and protagonists um, sort of um, motivations and express it physically in the fighting forms as well and I think that was like a really interesting uh, example of martial art creativity. And I mean, I mean, like then you can take it to the other extreme of like a Jackie Chan where it's like his creativity is imbuing comedy with his physical, mm -hmm. you know, fighting style, um, which I think takes an enormous amount of creativity. Like some of those, some of my favorite things about movies, even if the writing sucks or like is the choreography because choreography is an art form and it's when it's done well it's amazing so I think as far as if I'm going to answer the question about martial arts and creativity I think um, one of my favorite training moments in Muay Thai is that um, well Muay Thai is like one thing I felt of, I did that only for a short period and it was very recipe right with Krav Maga um, because the goal is not to is not necessarily um, to execute a knee kick or you know um, you know a punch in a particular way where the goal is self-defense and self-defense is more of a, a skill you know um, a, like a skill sets an array of skill sets from which you borrow from given the situation you're in and that's the way we were trained yeah. in that scenario it's like we're gonna teach you all these kind of skill sets, but it's up to you to put these elements together given the situation that you find yourself in. 
like if you're in a chokehold, if you're, you know, being bear hugged, you know, like you know from your physical restraints in the uh, you know environment you're in, um, the quickest, fastest, safest way to get yourself out of harm. So again, it's like the goal. You know? um, so I guess if that hmm. makes sense, I always found that to be an interesting creative exercise, and especially for Krav Maga, it was the how do you apply all the different skills you've been taught to create this one unique recipe for yourself that'll be so you know because i'm uh, yeah it'll be, it'll be a different like bar some, a different yeah. room a different person everything yeah. just varies if the guy is seven foot, seven foot tall a headbutt's really not going to yeah. be effective you know <laughs> <laughs> try as i might like you know so okay yeah how is that different than like dancing creativity oh well there's they're a, both physical and they're both like body movements and so there the are, goal and, is different <laughs> The goal is different. So if, you're, okay. if your goal is for self-defense, um, you have, I would say, so many more factors in your mind going on than dancing. Um, and in the, you know, in some effect, there's a little bit involved. Like you don't want to hurt anybody on the dance floor. And then when you're, you know, having to defend yourself, you have to mitigate the amount of uh, harm you're going to inflict based on it's reciprocal. Like. Yeah. If, you know, someone punches you, you're not going to really, like, try to, like, yeah. slice their throat open with yeah. a knife. You know, it's kind of like... Yeah. <laughs> if it's your grandmother, there's a, there's then get her you know, <laughs> The yeah. example of your uncle's drunk, and yeah. <laughs> maybe not the time yeah. to, like... <laughs> Blow out his knee and yeah. snap his neck. You know, it's it's like... just, <laughs> there are degrees to which, you know, it's also we live in a world of legal ramifications, yeah. too. So, um, and the dance floor, like, you try to be cognizant of like other people you don't want to clock someone with your elbow just because you feel like you want to be you know Patrick Swayze or something (laughs) but no yeah I think it's completely different um mentalities okay yeah so because the ends are different it comes from a different creative space for you yeah okay yeah um because dancing no one taught me dancing that's oh. a very... Um, I mean, there are formal. There's like yeah. samba, yeah. merengue, tango. And maybe yeah, if there's... I took any of those, I would borrow from some of those. But all of my dancing references are cultural or and just, you know, just having, you know, grown up and going to parties and, you know, the type of music that's being played. And my background is, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn and... My folks are from Latin America and Panama, and so I got exposed to a lot of, you know, I would say Afro-Caribbean influences plus all of the, like, all of the music that just was, you know, available in Brooklyn, New York City, you know, from, from my childhood, so it's, you know, but I was also raised in a Lutheran um, school where I was exposed with a lot of more choral classical influences and jazz. And so it's, you know, depending on the music that's being played, I, you know. Okay. Yeah. And I think in general, the more things you're exposed to, the the wider your, you know, what you can sample from to create a unique, personalized, creative okay. form, you know. So that's, this is like a good point to like pause. Tell me like, what do you because we talked about your band 
we've talked about your work, but it's like just for the people that when they listen to this podcast, like what do you do for a living? Uh, what do you? What is your band about? Um, t- tell me about that. Uh, for I work for a real estate development firm. Okay. And currently, I do what I call um, technical operations, which um, everything to do with all the um, sort of IT related operations. You know, um, part of running an office. So if you know, I set up the phone system and. You know our IT vendors. I work closely with them every time we need to, and you know we create um, model apartments and sales galleries, and we'll need to do a full IT install. So I project manage that with our IT vendors and manage all the um, subscriptions to like basically evaluating what software needs to be downloaded and troubleshooting issues. So very technical. Okay. Um, kind of stuff uh, with some degree of like branding and management so like if there's an issue with our web servers or web design I work closely with those creative um, to resolve those issues and I do the ongoing um, maintenance of those things so like if we need they'll create like the website um, and I'll help project manage the completion of that project and then um, any updates that we need to do, I'll, I'll be the one like accessing the back end and updating new photos, for example, or updating copy, um, or in some cases creating like um, decks and presentations that are very branded, um, taking the information and, and creating a design template for um, a memorandum or something okay. like that. So um, tends to be technical and a little bit design brand related. And my band is a rock band uh, called the Anthropic, and um, we play. I guess it would. We were kind of toying with the term um, funk metal. Okay. <laughs> um, it's it's soulful, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's hard yeah, rock. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, right now we're sitting in your room. Your room has like dream catchers in it, and wood met like a wood surrounded um, mirror and bookshelves that you built yourself. It's just like it's just like very artsy kind of what people would typically think think of as like a creative space i would guess type of like what, what would you describe like kind of a hippie type hippie of... <laughs> <laughs> it's a dirty word <laughs> <Is> it? <laughs> i would describe my interior design style, <laughs> style yes. as a i would say i gravitate towards mid-century modern wood furniture okay. and tends to be like cherry wood kind of color with uh, southwestern or, or I'd say you know um, worldly textiles okay yeah I can see that yeah um, and then s- some rustic elements yes um, yeah okay that's, <laughs> that's more specific and yeah I can see yeah and usually it's like oh I want a thing I see it in my head I want to design that's another aspect where I'm like I mean I want to interior design something and so like I'll want a thing and if it's too expensive I'm like I've searched for it I've searched the ends of the world for it but if it's outside of what I want to pay I'll think of a way to make it myself so like the bed I'm sitting on I had um, a carpenter made for me because I wanted this specific design um, and I helped him do the finishing work on it and like the shelves I built because I tried to find them online I couldn't find exactly what I wanted and so I just went to a hardware store and got the stuff and made it and the mirror you know it's 
like a, I don't know, listen, six and a half foot tall mirror. Um, I had a carpenter friend of mine create because I wanted a specific kind of look um, and I didn't want to spend like a thousand dollars for it. So. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. So you're basically... And the dream catcher I made because I just wanted, I, I saw this thing in my head and I wanted to make a, a ceiling fixture and I tried to find something like it and I couldn't find it so I just went to an arts and crafts store and just like kind of tried to d design and make the thing I saw in my head. So. So do you feel like creativity is just kind of a part of your identity in everything that you do? Like, the way you wear, or, because I mean, sometimes it's like, I don't know, I kind of just buy whatever, whatever I see people are on TV wearing, which is this type of creativity too, but is it, or is it like, I'm trying, I have like this, this idea that I want to manifest, whether or not it's in design, or it's in way, like my clothing, whether or not it's at work, whether or not it's with my band, if you have this idea, and I'm trying to manifest this idea constantly, how much of that is just kind of part of who you are, or you don't really think of it, it's kind of just innate, you don't think of it as your identity or not, it's just kind of, this is what it is. Uh, I'd, I would say it's part of who I am a little bit, in that I'll get hyper obsessive about a thing, and until I've found a way to make that thing part of my existence like it'll it won't go away kind of in the same way of like writing music like i feel almost um helpless to this obsession and i and unless i address it i won't get any peace so uh, i like recently made a, a moss artwork um that i wanted for my desk at work and I spend so many hours trying to find it online, and I was just like, oh, I'm not gonna spend like 6K on like this thing. So I just looked up how to make one, and I just made one. Um, and I'd never done that before, and it was a lot of hard work and a lot of hot glue. <laughs> but I have something that, you know, I find appealing, and it improves my mood and when I'm at work, you know, having to do you know, 40 hours like in a room, um, looking at something that pleases me. And that alone could be enough to, you know, but it's kind of like this was, you know, like it was like months, months that I was like thinking about this thing. Um, so it's just, it, there's an element of like, I don't know where that comes from, where that element of obsession about this specific thing comes from. But I know unless I address it, I, I won't be able to move on with my life. <laughs> okay. Um, first, just this is kind of an aside, I forgot to add this. The podcast is called Making Fire. <laughs> Making Fire? Yes. Ooh. Um, the reason is, like, goes back to, like, the, how, like, my initial ideas about, it. like, all right, where does, um, creativity come from? And so, when, you, when like, the first people, it was, like, I, there's several names I had came, came down to, but it's just, like, at some point, someone figured out how to make fire. And so, like, and so, did the next person copy that person the next person like come up with making fire on their own like how did like how did making how did making fire spread along to humanity and like where does that initial idea come from and then how do you borrow that or how do you get that idea for the next person so it's called making fire um what you were talking about so when you're thinking about you mentioned this earlier about input so when i was whenever i think about creativity from my point of view I always feel like I have to constantly have input because 
Otherwise, it's just like coming out of my head, which helps, but it's also nice to like have a, for instance, like a lot of different music, a lot of different textures, a lot of different wood, so you can kind of like, so you can draw from these different places in the world to like create and build what you want. Um, where do you get your input? Like, or do you actively seek it out or are you, or are you just generally when you walk into the world just kind of trying to be aware of the world or do you are you do you, are you very goal oriented it's like oh, i need to do this goal so now i'm going to go and look for input for this specific goal um no i tend to well it kind of depends i would say for a while i actually was afraid of input i was afraid that i would just directly be stealing unbeknownst to me like i was mortified or terrified that I would be I write a song and I'd be like oh this is this is a Beatles song like this is so clearly yeah. this yeah. Beatles song this particular Beatles song I just kind of put new words to it and I just didn't realize you know so I kind of tried to limit a lot of exposure to any other music for a while um, and then when I learned about <clears throat> what I learned about that was actually I needed to do the opposite I need to expose myself to so much stuff that I would be influenced by too much of a, a large set to be able to even rep, like copy accidentally one specific thing. Um, and I, I think that's just, that's always been, I think that there's, you know, examples where that's just always a benefit. It's, the more you expose yourself to, the more of of elements that you like you can borrow to create a, a very unique um, a unique um, piece of work and um, when the times that I am goal-oriented um, I might seek out input that sort of resulted in a similar goal yeah for someone else right so like if I'm trying to make a really heavy song, I'm gonna probably listen to a lot of heavy songs. Um, so like yeah, there's the references and examples are, are such a key part of okay. being seeing what was possible in the past. Um, I try not to do it too much because there's this like this gray area between in you know some inspiration and replication. You know in my head and it's subconscious and it's a process that you know I don't have a lot of control over so it's um, I try not to like hyper focus too much on one particular type of input but sometimes I do it's but luckily I feel like um, I've been able to make a lot of my input my own I've been able to take my own spin on it okay. for most of the part you know, I would say like the few times that we've performed in saying um, specifically with our, our band, I've heard the comment of like, oh, this is kind of not usual. Like this is, there's like a new, yeah, there's a different, different this sound, is, this different sound <laughs> yeah. you know, which whether they enjoyed it or not, I think is secondary to, I, I think that's always a great, yeah, if you can create a, a sound that someone hasn't heard in exactly that way before I think that's one of the highest compliments yeah. you can you've done you've done something unique you in know, their world and and because you know as we merge in globalization and like become just yeah. exposed to everything that was ever made ever 
that can be hard to surprise people but and that's not really the goal but I think um, it comes to a exposing yourself to a lot of different influences and be um, uncaging yourself like people want to categorize and box and put you in a, in a genre or in a, and, and I think we live in an age where it's now okay, it's okay to ignore that that's like I know you feel you need this box and you want to put me in that box and I understand where that comes from that's a very human thing but you actually what you will enjoy is not that box oh. you know people will see a piece of music and when they want to say oh this is like this kind of music like, well what kind of music are you are you rock are you hip-hop are you this or this is the people have this need to want to take something and, and categorize it and, and sort of put like you know little notes on there and like they just want to put in this nice little package right uh, but what actually surprises them what they actually enjoy um, when they go to a live show is when people don't fit into those boxes yeah but people don't that's, that's good <laughs> yeah. learning a conversation about what people like getting what they don't when they when they want something they want to go back to what they like but every once in a while they want to be pushed outside of it but yeah. there's that dual thing it's just I want to be uncomfortable but I want to be safe and so it's like right um, alright quick so this wasn't I'm, it's hard for me to remember when I do interviews it's like a thousand things I'm like try to stay focused um, I'll try to sh- do shorter answers no no it's, you know, it's fine <laughs> but it's, it's just like there's like a thousand things but mm-hmm. for for the, for specifically mm-hmm. it took me a different direction I wanted to go so, for you personally, do you like to be um, creative within structures, like with restrict? You want do you have to be creative with restrictions, or do you want to be creative like unbounded? Because I mean, th- there's benefits and like cost to both. To both. Well, give me an example of one. Or so the other. let's say uh, you have there is so you you could be. So, a good example. So, food. It's you can like when you're deciding what to eat to dinner for eat for dinner, the entire world of food exists to you. It's just like I don't know. Do I want Indian? Do I want Chinese? Do I want South African? Do I want Argentinian? It's like the entire world of food just exists. Um, so that can be a little bit overwhelming to some degree. Or you can say, you know what, I'm gonna do Italian or American, or I'm gonna do Italian or Indian. Um, or with music it's just like I can write any song or it's just like I kind of I want to be stay stay with like a little bit heavier so do you do you like the uh, the ability to kind of like blank page there are no restrictions go or do you kind of want to be bounded a little bit um either voluntarily or involuntarily yeah in in the um I think it's it's probably going to be difficult to well, it's not difficult to be unbounded, I guess, um, when it comes to writing. Um, but again, I tend to be, because I don't have an abundant amount of time to dedicate to writing, um, and I do have an active project that I work on and I would like to produce new work for. So if I find myself with free time and the motivation to write, I will write specifically for that project unless there's just some other errant thing that I'm really obsessed about and unless I like manifest it it's just gonna bother me um so I think I I tend to put myself on I think time is my natural restriction yeah 
you know. Time I don't really yeah. have the time to consider all the food options in the world because it's like I'm hungry now. Yeah. And I need to know how fast it can get here so that'll limit me to a radius of like my neighborhood. Like how soon would the delivery guy get here? What's what's my favorite? So then it's like, okay, so what's my favorite restaurants in the area? Narrow that down. Okay, who's going to deliver at this time? Narrow that down. So time and, and um, I could say geographical limitations are like natural limitations that come to um, so, you know, to uh, meeting a goal of being fed. Okay. So. Um, so too that that takes me in a slightly different direction. Um, so we were talking about like your job, what you do for a living, and that you have a band. Um, but because like we don't we, like finance financial situations like affect what you can and cannot do. Like if finance, if like money was not an issue. Like, what type of creativity would you devote your time to? Would you want? Oof. Like, That's awesome. I would learn all the things. I but have you, just. You have a finite amount of time on the on the planet, so. I have lots of too. money, but finite amount of time. We're human beings. So <laughs> oh, like thing. lifespan yes, within my yes. lifespan. Oh yeah, I could definitely do. I would go to like, I would spend so much time just learning. I would like. I would really devote myself as a student to really expand my technical abilities in all of the artistic forms that I enjoy. Huh. I found the restriction of time and money to force me to pick my favorites or favorite, you know, but if I really had unbounded limitations, I would pursue painting, I would pursue dance, I would pursue um, you know, playing an instrument and singing and writing, um, you know, literary writing as well. Like, I've always felt the impulse to do so many different art forms, and I've just found that I can't devote myself to all of them. It's just time. Okay. I'm, I'm not a savant enough to do that. Some people are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, huh. I would learn two more languages. It's just like, there's just... I, I have the wish list and I would know exactly what I want to do, but it's, um, I found in the time and place that I exist today, I can't do all those things. So it's forced me to have to choose. Okay. All right. Completely different direction on this. So I'm, this is a question that I'm, that I heard on a podcast I really like. It's called On Being. So I'm just going to steal it straight from her. She always asks, um, what is your spiritual background? Spiritual meaning whatever you want to. It could be religious. It could be like, well, what is your spiritual? What is your personal spiritual background from when you were a kid? Well, I grew up, I guess, Christian. And I was taught in Lutheran uh, schools from kindergarten to second year of college. Oh, wow. Um, so it was a very theological upbringing. Um, but I would say still pretty liberal in, in the sense, um, never any fire and brimstone type of talk. Um, uh, so that definitely had a huge influence in my upbringing. Uh, today I don't really identify in that way. I, I, I kind of think of myself as um, a lot more scientific, um, but through more that I learn about how our species have learned about nature and our existence. That has been what feeds my spirituality. The sense of like 
expanse of matter that we are floating with in this chasm of of the universe that we barely are scratching the surface of understanding that is to me the source of awe and inspiration of wonder that feeds my spirituality of um, where maybe a lot of theologies really is about communicating a sense of knowing um, I'm very much more comforted by um, how much we don't know when it comes to why we're here and the future of our consciousness and who we are as a people um, because that's the real wonder that's the true mystery like why are we on this rock <laughs> you know orbiting a sun in this Milky Way galaxy that's a cluster of you know billions of other galaxies like what is this <laughs> you know so that to me is just like the wonder so how does nature and this kind of you kind of answered this already but how does nature affect your creative creativity by nature i mean like trees and stars and like the ocean that kind of nature well how does that affect your creativity well i kind of um came to a personal conclusion that from the Big Bang, and this is not, this is just my own personal sort of perspective and truth, is um, the universe sought to manifest me, you know? Um, so if we're thinking of creativity and manifestation, right, we are the manifestation of, of existence. You know, we are the expressions of the matter in the universe. We are we are, you know, whatever caused matter to exist in this realm coalesced into life forms that were able to feed and replicate and evolve and grow and ultimately create us, right? So I feel like every impulse, every creativity, every piece of obsession that I have in a way was is sanctioned and... Um, given permission by the universe hmm. so it's like I feel zero sense of you know in a sense guilt or restriction on ex, you know following through with my idea of what's going to create happiness for me in my life or um, you know things that I want to create because I feel like it was it was planned from the Big Bang. Huh. It was the natural course of action. Okay. That's an interesting comment, but that's not really what I was asking. No, well, I mean, no but that's, that's actually really interesting, but and I'll, I'm going to leave part of this and I'll edit it lightly. But what I meant is, okay, so... You meant like more Taoist, like, oh, it is the mountain inspire kind of a thing, or... Yes. Like, uh, that's what okay. I meant. You went bigger. <laughs> it's like the manifestation of who you are. I was are. talking about, like, nature. Yeah. <laughs> you meant, like, nature. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I think... Let me think about this. There's definitely a sense of clarity that comes from... And, you know, 
moving from our conveniences in an urban setting and said, like, there's just, like, drive to be in nature. Like, I need to leave the city and I need to be in nature. And I think that's, like, a, you know, because we really aren't that far from, you know, we haven't changed that much yeah. evolutionary <laughs> from our ancestors, you know, our human ancestors, where we had such a strong connection with every part of the physical geology of this planet. Um, the movement of the tides, everything is tied to our, the movement of the sun and nature and seasons. And we live in an age where if we want to, we could be disconnected from that for a long period of time, more than any, you know, of our, you know, previous uh, answers that have ever had the luxury to do. Yeah. Um, and I think our brain isn't as evolved to survive in that way but does when you when you go to when you are creative do you do you more like you know i want to get closer to like where we came from and kind of just go and like be with like nature or do you like you know what that nature has a value but it's easier for me to like be in a climate controlled room well it's less of of it's more about giving the organism of my body what it needs okay. so that i can then focus on so it's less like i i don't need to go in nature to write but I need to go in nature because my consciousness, as a, my being as a human being, an organism on this planet needs it. I okay. need exposure to sunlight. I need to breathe fresh air. I need to be able to see trees, feel earth, walk on ground that isn't cemented. And that reconnection creates a sense of stability and peace within my, my gotcha. consciousness that I can now allow to focus on other tasks. So it's almost a therapeutic. There are moments. So nature for me is a therapeutic reconnect that my I need for my psyche in order that I can focus on other tasks. Okay. All right. It's like a balancing. It's kind of like all right. I only have a few more questions and then we'll wrap it up. All right. So what emotion do you? most like to create from like is it anger is it sadness is it whimsy and playfulness like what emotion do you, do you like to go to to create to create what <laughs> oh yeah that is uh, <laughs> um wow um what came to mind first when i said that because like what i'm looking Music came to mind, but then I started thinking about cooking, and then I started thinking about, like, other things. So, like, there are instances where I was heartbroken, and a lot of my musical uh, product was, like, melancholy, sad love songs. Um, and at the music at the time was that I listened to to enjoy was in that nature as well. Um, and nowadays my music tends to be a, a lot more hard rock and they, they're a bit of angst, but a little bit of playfulness and a little bit of attitude, you know, whereas with cooking, sometimes it's a, a little bit of like, just a little bit more playful whimsy about like different flavors I would want to taste or if I'm just being super you know, um, 
minimalist or utilitarian. Like sometimes I'll just make it like okay. sardines and potatoes. Corn and potatoes. potatoes. That's, that's what we're that's doing. It. Like 15 minutes, <laughs> soldier meal. Like, like just nothing. Just like out of the can. We boil just it. Like, no for, salt. For, just for 15 minutes under okay. rations. Like yeah. Um. Where is um a safe, non-judgmental place that you go to um, be vulnerable and creative? Where does that Where is that for you? My bedroom, probably. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that was that. That was fast. Where we are right now. Uh, <laughs> do when you create, like I only have three more questions. When you create, is creativity a sense sense of just? I know it depends, but is creativity a sense of connection? Or are you just trying to produce something that resonates with you and connect, like that it's good for you? And what people get out of it is their business. It's like if you find joy or happiness or sadness out of it, that's fine with you. But I'm producing this for me, or is it? Is it? I'm producing this for people, and I hope they get something out of it. So, which, which when you're creating, what, what you what are you doing? Um, well, that time I was writing sad love songs, melancholy songs was a good example because I was just making that for me. I had no intention of other people hearing any of that. It was like a audio journal, you know. Um, and I was playing guitar by myself at like my former job, and a friend of mine happened to overhear it um, just because of our work to really late hours, and I, you know we were about to close up shop, and I was just waiting um, till it was closing time. And they really encouraged me. They really wanted me to play for um, their birthday party. And I was just like, this isn't like that kind of music. <laughs> like happy birthday music. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she created a, a space for me to do that. And I found that people were really receptive and really encouraging. And I made a decision that if I'm going to perform for people, that I want to create music designed for that purpose for that goal because um, the music I was playing was not designed for that goal um, so then that's where my band project began and I started making music for the purpose of performing for me huh. yeah interesting and so, it totally changed the shift like completely different type of music which do you prefer like when you're creating for yourself or creating for others which kind of creativity do you prefer um there's a level of I don't want to make people sad in a sense so like but i love i enjoy singing and playing sad songs okay I, and even as a kid my favorite in the lutheran hymnal that we sang for church like i always like found all the saddest songs <laughs> in the hymnal to to like sing and read and i had, like i was in the clarinet and like and i was teaching clarinet and i would find those songs and it was like so melancholy but i found so much catharsis it was like like, I love, like, Neil Young and, like, just really kind of... So just... sadness kind of resonates with you on oh, a yeah, very, like, baseline level. Oh, it's like blues. Level. It's <laughs> like... just like, this is my element. I can do happy if you need it to, but it's yeah. just like, element, like, sadness is kind of oh, there for you. Oh, it feels so good. <laughs> it's like your home. It feels really good to get really sad, like, musically. It's, it's just, tough. Because if you are, if sadness resonates with you, Western culture is not about sadness. I mean, it depends, okay. you know, right. like, um, yeah, you know, there's sadness on different, there's different flavors of sad, you know? There are, yes. And, and it's not depressive, I don't know, like, depressive no. things, but I like melancholy. Melancholy is one of the most beautiful, I think, forms of art. Like, it's not completely all the way 
um, pessimistic or giving up, but there's a tinge of sourness yeah, in, always, in a palette of There's always a sadness beauty. to the world, and like it's always there. And so it's just like to acknowledge that it's kind of like, all right, that's it's okay. Yeah, I, I think it's nor I think it's normal. Like really, really happy people, kind of like, no offense. <laughs> It might be a New York thing, but it's like, it's a little off-putting. When people are like, are just kind of in a bad mood, like, I get it. <laughs> I understand what that's about. It's like, got you, buddy. <laughs> so it sounds bad. Okay. I'm not a, like, mean person, but... Two, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just like, it's like, I get you. It's like, these happy people, I guess. I mean, happiness exists. Yeah. yeah. I, I get happy. But it's people just... are just perpetually happy, and I'm just like, it mystifies me. I just... Huh. Okay. I have two more questions. Um, creativity um, in rebellion and creativity in protest. Um, I mean, I know where you fall politically, but like, just like in, in the world we live in every day, that's part of it. But like in the world we live in today and the, the, the administration that we have, like there's a certain amount of like, like there's creativity can be exhibited in protest. Like, does that resonate with you or that just, yeah, Creativity and protest or creativity to make a point is not the kind of creativity that you want to do. Um, I would say some of our music is actually political, for sure. Um, or it kind of would be um, mocking or, or pointing a sort of spy, spotlight, you know, against a particular mentality. Um, a way of thinking or a way of manipulating and taking advantage of people for your own gains like and and that could be found in any political party it's just yeah. it's, I, I you know I would say uh, we I protest personally more an individual mindset than any one party line or the other mm-hmm. um, because just because someone is of the same party as you or looks like you or is from the same background as you doesn't make them an ally or a like-minded person, right? Um, but then coming back to the nature mm-hmm. part, you know, um, I'm much more interested in the long-term development of our species okay. and where we're heading um, in that way and so I, I tend to have maybe like one foot in our times today but most of my my mind and my being my other foot is um, who we're gonna be in the future like what we're leaving behind as a people okay um, our journey as a people really all right I said that I, I said that in one more question then okay so Side note, so you're a woman and you have brown skin and you're come, and so like, how does race and gender play into your creativity or does it at all consciously or do you want, do you want it to like, how does that go? So one of the interesting things about me is that like, you know what my face looks like way better than I do yeah. actually, you know. I don't know what expression I have on my face. I have no idea right now because I'm looking at you. Yeah. And and so my appearance is another element of outside validation. 
because I get comments on my hair. Like people say, like, oh, I love your hair, I love your hair, so I love your hair. For me, it's just hair. <laughs> it's on top of That's my head. I've always had this. It's, like, it's just but, yeah. it's like a plant growing yeah. out of my skull. Like I really, I don't feel like I should take credit for that. <laughs> like I always say, like thank you, but for them, it's an uncommon enough experience that they feel the motivation to comment on it and that okay. I think registers as a, as a in, interesting it's like something that's a natural part of my being like breathing mm. or needing water is a source of of commentary for other people which has been interesting and if kind of there's a place where that gets logged you know that like validation or like yeah. this feedback um, so my gender and my ethnicity and my my appearance always it is about other people's commentary on that okay um for myself so for your creativity for my just... creativity maybe i find myself playing with that aspect like maybe the fact that anyone even pays attention to anything i do might be because of my appearance okay you know um and that's really interesting and but for myself it's i consider it as one of those box things like huh. someone sees me, they want to put me in a box of like this ethnicity, this gender, and for me, I don't. Re I feel like that's uh, a need you that you have. I, I don't need to really participate in that. It's like because my gender and my appearance really has no relevancy to me for you other than like these are things that are important to you. Yeah. Like I don't really. Yeah, it doesn't change. Yeah what is in my head, what I want to produce, what I want to create, my creativity is irrespective of these things. However, the cultural upbringing I've had, the influences I've had, you know, I told you about Afro-Caribbean, Latin America, like Brilliant and Brooklyn kid from New York. I was still exposed to all these things. The, the, the inputs are still there. So there's what would you categorize as a lot of soul in my music. Um, but I, you know, and probably a nature of my background and exposure to that will I can I can sort of borrow from those inputs and express it and have it viewed in a particular way okay you know like I can do vocal runs and try to imitate like you know Etta James or like you okay. know you know yeah. somebody yeah and people will just kind of package that into you know, whatever. That's part of the palette that you draw from, but it's yeah. not, not necessarily something that you want that resonates for you, that right. you're trying to be. Right. But somebody might see that and just categorize that in like a box that they have, yeah. a neat little box they put that. But I can equally, I grew up singing choirs, I can sing a German Bach aria, and someone might have a different reaction to that, being yeah. that my parents and yeah. doing that. So, but those are equal parts of, I mean, that was 22 years of theological upbringing in Lutheran church and, you know, a lot of the liturgy is, was composed by Bach. So it's like, I have a huge influence of that. And, but if, you know, my parents, you know, expressing that kind of music might have a different color of, 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 you know, expression for someone else. So in my music, I tend to actually play with all those influences. Like there's a couple songs where I prefer my bandmates to kind of draw from their different backgrounds and I approach mine. There's some songs where I go very soulful and some songs where I borrow from that choral tradition of singing more classical music um, and then, you know, kind of make this, I guess, what for some people 
has a different sound. Okay. You know? <laughs> All right. Two questions. These are, should be real. Well, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> um, so you touched on this in a little bit, but going back in your mind, what to you was your first creative moment? I remember being maybe like seven or so in Costa Rica where my aunts live and um, just singing some of, they, they were Jehovah's Witness and um, they there's a couple songs in their, uh, I guess their hymn book that I learned as a kid and I was singing and I was trying to be very like proper and trying to pretend to be an opera singer. Mm-hmm. I remember and, and singing those songs for them and they, and, the the reactions for that was really I think one of the markers of like you know I can do something in a way that is pleasing for other people I would probably say that was the earliest memory okay of doing that all right last question so whenever I finish these this podcast I always try to have some type of music going out um, so I'm probably gonna cut this part but what song resonates with you as you kind of want the tune I'm probably not going to play the entire song for like copyright reasons but like the tune that you want to end this podcast with oh, that's hard oh man well I guess it, I would have to think about like this is a collaborative part where it's like it's something we both created mm-hmm. really um and so I guess I need to know a little bit more about like what the purpose of this song actually is. This supposed to be the culmination of my experiences of where I am right now, or something from my childhood, or it? It's, it's supposed to be representative of like my creative process, <laughs> all in one song. It's so funny. <laughs> I never understood. I've done this one interview before you. I never understood how hard of a question that is. I was just like, all right, what? I always thought of like what kind of song has been bumping around in your like it's like but like what like yeah what song because it could be it could be anything like anything because I don't want to give you any type of hint so we look kind of to like push you in any direction so just like what song do you want to end this podcast with? There's so much. I know it's not gonna change the world no. <laughs> oh you don't know there's just so many artists I'm just like. Trying to like, um, do we have to decide right now? <laughs> uh, yes. I'm I'm adding boundaries. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, um, there's a song that's kind of like. I'm playing it in my head. I'm just trying to think of... Because there's so many versions of it. I can't remember the title of it. But I know what song it is. Should I look it up right now? <laughs> yeah. Time, I'll, I'll edit it at the time you look at it. Look it up. Let's cut it. So weird. Let's see. 
Oh man, once I open up Spotify, this is gonna be. No, let's <laughs> stay focused. You don't even know how millions, millions. I, I'm aware. Probably hundreds and hundreds of like playlists. I, I did not know how hard of a question this is until I started asking people, and they're like, <laughs> I gave you the blank slate, but stick with what you get in there. All right, I can't change my mind, right? It's just like this one's just like. Oh, there's just. There's just so much. I know there's so much. It's like the, it's like the world of music, but you gotta you have a limited amount of time. Pick one, just one. Wait, 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 wait. Um. I think I need my laptop. Okay. Fair question. There's so many songs. Can I have three songs? No. <laughs> just one. Three's my favorite number. Okay. Like so No, just one. I thought about it because I like the kind of like pushing me to think outside of the box that I uh, artificially yeah, put on them. Should, but I'm like, yeah. no. For this one time, I'll reevaluate this for the next interview, but for you, it's, you gotta oh, pick one. Oh, not fair. You know what? It's about growth for both of us, but for this time, I gotta have restrictions. Okay. Erica, thank you for doing my second interview. Mathieu, thank you for sitting and hanging out while we did our interview. Uh, I will edit this and I'll let you know before I put it up. Thank you.